signed up a new client this week, Lake Martin Area Economic Development Alliance. Realistically, at least 25% of small businesses are going to permanently close because of this crisis. You're going to see Japan has already passed incentives to bring jobs from China to Japan. So they've beaten us to the punch. We can't wait on Washington, D.C. Brokers and people that I deal with every day are telling me that, you know, the the stuff they're working on just kind of has a 60-day pause to it. Where Suzuki is building a marine technology center in Panama City. Hey, it's me, James Metzger. If you haven't already, you really need to hit that like button, subscribe, and slap that notification bell to be notified when we post new videos. Next Move Group, the voice of economic development. Here is Chad Chancellor. Good evening. Welcome to this week's newscast. It was a busy week for Next Move Group this week. I would say our activities ratcheted up three or four hundred percent compared to two weeks ago, really in all facets of our business. We won an executive search this week you'll hear about later. We're in detailed discussions with a site selection client about bringing production back to the United States from China right now. You know how that how much that excites us. And uh, we talked to a whole lot of economic developers this week about our reshoring plan, reshoring jobs from China. China back to the U.S. right now. Last week, we put out a video where uh, I'm really still outraged that um, we're having nurses and doctors go into the hospital to work and they can't get PPE. When my dad used to work at a blanket factory, my grandma a glove factory in rural Mississippi with all those jobs shipped to China when I was a boy, and now we can't get them. And, uh, and I heard from so many economic developers, not only economic developers, somehow our video got out to, I heard from realtors, I heard from an industrial or a commercial realtor in Nashville that said, I've seen this video and I just want to say this is amazing. Heard from a guy in Florida we're going to have on there next week. A lot of people agree with us. And so uh, to those of you economic developers, who we had calls with this week. Y'all know who you are. I think we, we did calls every 30 minutes for several days. Thank you. Thank you for your, your trust in us. Thank you for, uh, for agreeing with us. Every one of you said, Chad, you're right. Let's bring these jobs home now. You're going to see Japan has already passed incentives to bring jobs from China to Japan. So they've beaten us to the punch. We can't wait on Washington, D.C. We can't wait on anybody to start bringing these jobs home now. So we're not going to talk a lot about that tonight because it was so much of what we did last week. But for communities out there, if you're interested in our program, which is to reshore jobs to the United States right now, then get up with us. Uh, you know, Send us an email, chat at the nextmovegroup.com. Call us. We'd be glad to meet with and show you what we have, uh, what we showed so many of these other, other uh, communities. And, and I'm just elated at how excited people are over it. Uh, I will tell you on May 18th, we got something special coming from Next Move Group, something we, we've really uh, thought a whole lot about and the reshoring and this whole situation just made us up what we were trying to do. And so uh, we're, we're not going to tell you a whole lot about it tonight. The people who had the calls with us on the reshoring heard what we're doing. And we've got a plan to really scale up helping economic developers and building a whole community of economic developers that are focused on reshoring, but also other things, not just reshoring. Reshoring will be about one third of what we're going to do, but it's all built around scaling and getting to help more communities at one time. We're a staff of only five people. 
I told several people this week, if if 10, 10 towns hire us to do the reshoring, which I think they may, uh, we can't do much more than that because we will run out of capacity. Uh, so we've got a plan to scale this up so that if a thousand towns or utilities want to reshore jobs, you're going to be able to do it. And we're going to show you how to do all of that and a whole lot more with this community we're building on May 18th. So keep that in mind. We had a great podcast guest this week. It's been the second most listened to podcast so far of any we've done. Bob Hess. He is a legend in site selection based out of Chicago. I got to know him many years ago. I was the low end of the totem pole project manager in Mobile, Alabama. We won a big steel mill that Bob represented. And he treated me just as kind and well when I was on the low end of the spectrum as he does to this very day. We've got to be good friends. We've spent time at the Ryder Cup in the Final Four over the years, got to know each other outside the boardroom. The thing I like about Bob that you'll you'll really hear out of him if you listen to our podcast is while he is uh, located in downtown Chicago and he's helped some of the biggest companies in the world do site selection projects, he was raised in a small Minnesota town. So he really cares about economic developers. He cares about small towns and rural development. He shared some great stuff with us. So, so go over there and hear that. I'm excited tonight that the rest of our staff are participating in this newscast. So it's not just Alex and I. The whole staff's getting involved tonight. So Gabby Mulise, who runs our marketing, is going to give you our Learning Lab uh, segment tonight where we go over to webinars we found interesting this week. IEDC's still doing a great job every Monday with theirs. Uh, Alex is going to do our Next Move segment where we talk about all the jobs on the market. We signed a new client this week in Alabama and sent several new proposals, so that seems to be moving a little bit. Uh, Brandon Nettles is going to do our rounding the basis segment. That's where we talk about announcements of new jobs in the last few weeks, and we're trying to find uh, things that are not COVID-related, so production not related to making PPE or whatnot. Florida had several uh, in that panhandle of Florida, Florida's great northwest area that Brandon's going to tell you about. And we've got retail strategies on here. I'm highly concerned about sales tax, so I invited retail strategies to come on here and talk about what can communities do what can they do to ensure that uh, that that they keep the sales tax faucet going? And if they lose uh, retailers, what can they do to back backfill those buildings and keep sales tax going? As we begin, I want to show you several different um, articles that were out on the internet this week that really interested me, and they're going to interest you uh, concerning coronavirus and uh, really maybe the opportunities after this. So D.D. Caldwell put out two of them, and, of course, D.D.'s right up there with Bob Hess in the in the regime, you know, and how much she's thought of. Absolutely top shelf. If you're not following her, you should. She is putting out some tremendous information on her LinkedIn. But this is a report she shared, and this slide you can see actually says that 54% of respondents, these are companies in North America, said they were either likely, very likely, or extremely likely to reshore production from China after COVID-19. 54%. This shocked me. I've been the one hollering reshore for a while. I'm kind of Mr. Reshore. I would have thought it was 25 or 30%. This is double what I thought. This is very encouraging. 54%. We got a call last Monday from a company that asked us, could we help them with a site selection project? They want to reshore the production they've been having in China. So we're already seeing this. I say this so uh, rural and small to mid-sized towns can understand 
A lot of these are going to look for the lowest cost solution they can find. And usually if you run a spreadsheet, the small to mid-sized towns have cost advantages over the big cities. So you're going to have huge opportunities to win. The Super Bowl is coming. You're going to have opportunities to win, and you need to be getting prepared now. I talked to a community last week who had an economic development opening, and they said they weren't going to hire a new economic developer until after COVID-19 got situated. I didn't argue with them, but at the time I had not seen this slide. Knowing, knowing that 54% of companies want to bring these jobs home, we need economic developers getting prepared right now. Not tomorrow, not next week. You need to be in the game exactly right now. DD also put out or shared this article showing where Japan's actually paying firms to leave China to relocate production elsewhere as part of their stimulus. They passed $2 billion stimulus package, and some of that money is being used to help companies move production away from China. So they've actually gotten ahead of us in regards to that. Next, I want to show you Aaron with Golden Shovel wrote an article on LinkedIn talking about virtual reality and how that idea's time has come. And I think that one of the good things that may come out of this coronavirus situation for economic developers is economic developers are learning to use more technology, whether Zoom or virtual buildings or even virtual reality. And so I think virtual reality can really help small to mid-sized towns put their buildings and sites on the map in the future so you know i can i can foresee a trade shows where you have computers or televisions or goggles where you can look around a building inside and golden shovels always on the front end of all of that so i encourage you check that one out and lastly uh, we're very, very happy to uh, to read the articles where the Wentzville, Missouri, which is the St. Louis area, St. Charles County, the General Motors plant up there in Wentzville is reopening. That area is important to us. We did the search in St. Charles County last year. So that GM plant's reopening and the Volkswagen plant in Chattanooga is reopening. We all know how many supplies and suppliers are tied to the automotive chain. So getting these OEMs back running should put folks to work and money in the economy. This is just so important. I was so encouraged to see those uh, see those opening up with our connections in St. Louis and knowing what we know about Chattanooga. So I'm sure a lot of the other OEMs are opening as well. These two just caught our attention. In tonight's Your Next Move segment, there are a few uh, executive searches that came on the market the last few weeks we want to make you aware of. Definitely seeing a little more activity as far as the job market is concerned. Uh, we signed up a new client this week, Lake Martin Area Economic Development Alliance. This is in Lake Martin, Alabama. Uh, should take us a couple days to get some information out, but wanted to go on and make you aware of it. Um, so probably by Wednesday, you'll see some stuff coming through our inbox. And if not, the next newscast will definitely be sure and highlight some more about that position then. There's some other new opportunities that also came on the market this week. Advanced CT, this is the state organization in Connecticut. They're looking for a vice president of research. Jennifer Mearns, jennifer at genpmconsulting.com should have some more information about that position. The city of Minot, North Dakota is seeking an economic development administrator. They're advertising this position for $115,000, so a good paying job. BakerTilly.recruitmenthome.com to read the job description on that. The EDC of Florida Space Coast. This is Brevard County, Florida, just south of Orlando, got a starting salary of $85,000. So spacecoastedc.org to learn more about that opportunity. 
There's a new organization in Southern Cook County in Illinois. This is the Chicago area. And uh, they're looking for a CEO to head up this organization. It's going to be called the Southland Development Authority. So if you want to, uh, you want to get that position and your name in the running, you can find more information on the internet. River City Company is looking for a president and CEO. Now, this is a downtown development group out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. For those of you all have been to Chattanooga, you know it's a very, very nice downtown. So a good opportunity. Not your traditional economic development job. It is a downtown development job, but still you can learn more at searchrivercitycompany.com. And for our friends out on the West Coast, the Aberdeen, Washington, there's a new opportunity to be the CEO of Greater Grays Harbor. So a good opportunity there. And a search that's been on the market for a few weeks, but they're still accepting applications, is out of Indianapolis. The state of Indiana is looking for a senior director of economic development. Gracie at GracieReefHR.com should have more information. Hey, it's me, James Metzger. If you haven't already, you really need to hit that like button, subscribe, and slap that notification bell to be notified when we post new videos. Hi, my name is Gabby Molise and I'm the Director of Marketing and Online Media for Next Move Group. In today's Learning Lab segment, we want to spotlight three different webinars. The first is upcoming from IEDC. It is titled IEDC COVID-19 Rebuilding Municipalities Around the Globe. It is free to register at iedconline.org slash COVID-19 webinars. It is on April 27th, so it's actually tomorrow from 3 to 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. IEDC has been coming out with some really great webinars and some great content weekly, so you guys should check them out. The second two webinars have already been recorded. The first is from the Janus Institute. It is titled, The COVID-19 Crisis, How Can the Economic Development Community Respond? It is facilitated by Robert Pittman. He is the executive director and founder of the Janus Institute. Amanda Sutt is the co-moderator on that. She is the CEO of Rock, Paper, Scissors, which is a branding and marketing firm in the North Atlanta metro area. There are three panelists on that webinar. Ron Starner is the executive vice president of Conway, Inc., Wiley Blankenship, he is the president and CEO of the Coastal Alabama Partnership, and Rope Roberts is the community development manager of Georgia Power. That webinar is really great. It offers some really great insight into the future and the impacts that coronavirus will have on companies, communities, and the economy. The third webinar I want to talk about today is from the Site Selectors Guild. It is titled, Site Selection After COVID-19, Predictions from the Experts. You can find that through any of their social media platforms or directly on their website. So there's some really great webinars we think are beneficial and you should check them out. Hello, this is Brandon Nettles, Vice President of Next Move Group. And during this Rounding the Basis segment, we're gonna highlight some companies that have announced new investments and expansions over the past few weeks. And these are unrelated to COVID-19. To start us off, we have two announcements out of Florida this week. First, MAG Aerospace announced its expansion to a facility in Okaloosa County after just 15 months of operation. Uh, so congrats to Nathan Sparks in Okaloosa County. Also congrats to Becca Hardin and Garrett Wright in Bay County, Florida, where Suzuki is building a marine technology center in Panama City. As it just so happens, both of these announcements were within the Florida's Great Northwest Territory. Uh, we recently finished up an executive search for that organization and we placed Jennifer Connolly there. Uh, sounds like she's coming into the area while there is some big momentum. Uh, so congratulations to the entire team in that region. RS Technologies plans to establish a manufacturing and distribution facility and hire 350 full-time employees in St. George, Utah. RS Technologies designs and manufactures composite utility poles, so those should be good paying jobs. Lastly, our friends 
Rick Clifton and Jacob Morgan in Covington County, Alabama, had a great expansion this week. Covington Casket announced it will more than double its space and bring new equipment online to greatly increase its production. So we want economic developers to stay confident as there are still announcements occurring in various parts of the country. Feel free to reach out to us if your community has an announcement and we'd be glad to feature it. I'd like to welcome Matt Petro and Jen Gregory with Retail Strategies to our show. Retail Strategies helps communities nationwide, particularly small to mid-sized communities, focus on growing retail sales tax, which is so important for funding roads and schools and everything else. And I've been worried sick about retail sales tax since this whole COVID thing started. I read the other day, some towns may have as little as 40% less uh, retail sales tax in their budget than they thought they might have. So... What I'd like to do is get Matt and Jen to really talk about what are the things you might can do to help your retailers, and if you were to lose some of them, what could your strategies be to backfill some of those buildings so you get that sales tax flowing at some point in time in the future. Jen is a downtown expert, also a Mississippi State uh, graduate, so hell state Jen, and uh, Matt is an expert in all part of commercial development. So Matt, let's start with you. Uh, why don't you tell us what is the landscape right now? What's the landscape in retail right now during COVID-19? You know, on the retail front, everything's just changing right now. You know, restaurants can't have people in their stores anymore. Therefore, they're doing uh, curbside pickup and delivery. From a grocery perspective, you know, they're limiting the number of consumers that go in and out of a grocery store. And uh, I was in the local grocer here uh, in Birmingham, and they have literally lines uh, that show it's a one way down uh, each aisle. So everyone's just trying to adapt to the times. I mean, certainly certain sectors of retail are taking a massive hit, clothing and others that, you know, are just shut down right now. So there's no way for them to make money. Uh, and then grocery and others are actually doing pretty well. And I actually saw something the other day on auto is actually starting to recover uh, right now um, via the Wall Street Journal. So, you know, I think everybody's just trying to adapt to the shifting needs of the consumer trying to you know, keep social distancing practices, keep people safe, but also everyone is trying to create revenue. I mean, you're, you're seeing that across the national news, people uh, desiring to get back to work, but also you know, people trying to fight that so that people do uh, and, and maintain stay uh, safe. So I think retailers and businesses moving forward, they're gonna have to find a way to do both. You're gonna have to find a way to make money, but you're also gonna have to find a way to keep people safe because both of those things need to happen and uh, probably one before the other, but that's, uh, that's a hot topic right now. Jen, what are you seeing on the downtown front? So I'm worried sick about mom and pop stores in downtown. So what is your perspective? Well, it's definitely a very difficult time for downtowns and small businesses really across the country. Um, as we know, there have been a tremendous amount of financial resources provided by the federal government recently, um, but those ran out exceptionally quickly. And what we saw was that many of those small businesses that needed those funds the most didn't know where to go, um, didn't have their information together in time, or just weren't high enough up in the queue with their local lender. And so they still have not received um, those federal resources. And so, you know, most of these small businesses only have enough cash on hand to really get through um, a month at the most. Restaurants, um, some of them, they only have enough cash to really get through a week or so with no additional sales. So unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of closures. Um, many businesses have temporarily closed um, just to try to reduce their expenses. And we, we certainly hope that they'll get the resources that they need to open back up quickly. But we really think that 
realistically, at least 25% of small businesses are going to permanently close because of this crisis. So the downtown landscape is going to look completely different in the next couple of months. So what's your advice right now to communities, whether downtown or big box retail, either one is concerned? Well, you know, a staggering statistic that we have learned recently through um, Main Street America, which is the national umbrella organization for downtown um, programs within the country, is that in most places, over 60% of small businesses did not have an online presence before the coronavirus happened. Um, so that's the first thing that we're helping. Um, as soon as small businesses find out what they qualify for in terms of federal resources and find out how they can uh, receive those resources, really the next step is to, to help them get online. And that doesn't necessarily mean an online store. That can mean uh, ramping up their social media presence and using portals like Comment Sold and Shopify to really connect with their consumers who are literally sitting at home right now and unable to purchase those goods. So we're really telling communities that they need to be a conduit to their small businesses um, and that these small businesses need to find a way to really come into uh, this new age of omni-channel uh, marketing strategies and, and consumers that are certainly now purchasing goods online and likely are going to do that for a while to come. Jen, I think that's excellent advice. And I can just tell you, our story as a small business owner, uh, we built a new website last year and uh, uh, really kind of changed our branding and website and our revenue double in the last year. And, and a lot of it had to do with building that website. So I hadn't even thought about that as a tip for small businesses, but I totally agree with you. While you're down, this might be a good time to redo a website because those are not easy to do. They're easy to get on the back burner, but they absolutely can have results for small businesses. We're living proof of that from last year. So Matt, as we transition back to you, what do you think of, um, of this as it comes to the full retail market? We're taking the pulse of their marketplace. So it's talking with, you know, current businesses, franchisees. Uh, it's talking with property owners, uh, shopping center owners, because those people are being greatly affected by this as well. Uh, and just identifying, you know, what's happening, you know, property owners aren't, aren't rushing to, to lower their prices. But I think that, you know, having liquid capital right now is a lot more um, encouraging and, you know, feel good uh, versus, you know, having it, you know, maybe in a piece of real estate that isn't producing any income right now, you know, vacant piece of land. So we're just doing a lot of, um, of pulse taking uh, of, of the marketplaces in general. And then from an outreach perspective, we're talking with retailers and developers and brokers every single day. And all of them are, you know, very excited about what's on the opposite side of this because, you're going to have a lot of real estate opportunities that weren't previously available become available. Uh, you know, the retail business model is not bait, you know, built to shut down for six to nine to 12 weeks, depending upon where you are in the country. Therefore, you know, you're going to have a lot of vacancies and, you know, that creates opportunity when it's good real estate, When it's not good real estate. It creates, um, you know, a major hurdle that you're going to have to overcome. But, you know, what we've heard from retailers, uh, the strong ones that have, capital. Uh, they're excited about expansion following this. Brokers and people that I deal with every day are telling me that, you know, the, the stuff they're working on just kind of has a 60 day pause to it. And then we're all hoping, you know, in the coming weeks um, and, and definitely short term that we're going to be able to get back to whatever normal is and begin to, to move forward and, and take advantage of these opportunities. 
Most of the folks who watch our show are economic developers in small to mid-sized communities. And Matt and Jen, I've been very impressed with retail strategies. I went up and toured your office last year. Beautiful, beautiful office in Birmingham. And I used to think you guys were regional, but then I realized y'all do this work really all over the country. Big, big team. So I'm, I've been highly impressed. So why don't you tell folks, you know, how you can help now and how you can help when this situation passes. So maybe tell folks what you've done in the past, you know, to help communities recruit retail and how you can help them going forward. Right now, what we're focused on is providing as much free content and resources as we can because, you know, at the end of the day, as you just said, a lot of people are going to struggle from this. We certainly hope that there's a mechanism for cities to recoup and, and again, cities, businesses, people to recoup the monies that were, were lost during this time. But, you know, we're really focused again right now on providing free content. And again, you can go to our website, retailstrategies.com. We have a lot of resources right there. Jen has led, uh, I think, five different webinars in the past five weeks on PPP and getting information to these small business owners. Uh, what we do, you know, every single day is work with communities to better their marketplace. So, you know, a lot of communities, as you just mentioned, fund themselves through sales tax or property taxes or income taxes. And, you know, retail plays a piece in quality of life as well as, you know, assist those three mechanisms to produce revenue. So uh, we have three distinct services. One is retail recruitment, where a city hires us to be an extension of their staff to provide tools, resources, strategy, but most importantly, professional human effort to go out and leverage connections to bring businesses to their town. We have a service called Retail Academy, which we built for rural America, uh, which essentially helps communities that have, you know, one, two, three, four, five opportunities from a business recruitment perspective to understand what those opportunities are. And more importantly, how do you reach out to those people? What do you do? Um, and then we have a great downtown program, uh, which Jen leads, which is really about building better marketplaces uh, on Main Street and, and downtown, uh, helping revitalize or take that next step. It's not based upon spending six figures to understand everything that is right and wrong with your downtown and what it could look like in 20 years if you did everything right. It's about what can you do today to make an impact to move forward. And coming out of this, communities are going to face those challenges. And as you said, I mean, we're, we're excited about helping. You know, we, we understand that following this, we're going to have a lot of demand. But, you know, what we're focused on right now is how do we help you, whether you're a client of ours or not, understand what's going on and get through this because, we all got to get through this, and, and, and if we all do that together, uh, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of opportunity for everyone. Jen, one of the things I found so sad about this is it seemed like most downtowns were coming back. There was real momentum, whether in small towns, mid-sized towns, metro areas, to bring stuff back downtown. And then this hits us just right square in the face. So why don't you give folks, uh, uh, share some of your expertise about what it takes to, to do downtown development. And let's not be all doom and gloom. Let's not make it all about COVID. Talk about kind of what it takes non-COVID related to bring downtown back. Even considering COVID-19, you know, when these lockdowns really release, depending whatever community or state you're in, people are going to want to be with their neighbors again. They're going to want to socialize with their community. Um, I know me personally, I, I miss my friends and my community and, and just my neighborhood and seeing those people. So downtowns really provide the living room, if you will, for your community. And so it's a great place to welcome everyone back. Um, to that social aspect, and most of them are large enough that that can be done, um, respecting physical distancing as well. Um, but even though, like Matt said, that a lot of these communities are going to be experiencing uh, budget shortfalls, um, we really do feel like it. And as you just said, Chad, 
Um, there was such a, a period of time where people were investing in their downtowns. That doesn't need to stop. Um, this is really going to be about uh, promoting the identity of your community, getting people back together, um, reacquainting and supporting those small businesses. And, you know, those small businesses are not only owned by the people that make up our community, but those businesses by and large make up the identity of our communities. You know, when we think of our college town, Hale State, um, you know, we think of our favorite restaurants. We think of, of the favorite places that we used to spend um, and other destinations are the same. And so, you know, many times those restaurants are struggling. Um, we don't need to lose those. And so that's really what we're suggesting our communities do is with whatever resources that you have, invest in your downtown, in the built environment, in the placemaking opportunities, in the streetscape, so that when people do get back together, um, it's a place that they want to be and it's a place that they want to experience together as a community. And so for our folks out there watching, retail strategies can help you figure out what retail you can attract to your community by looking at a gap analysis, figuring out what's in communities similar to yours. So these are some of the things that they can help you do. Matt, why don't you tell people, maybe if they've never worked with you before, if this is the first time they've heard of you, what's the, what's the easiest way to start engaging with you guys if they want to dip their toe in the water? Is it your retail academy or, or other ways? Yeah, look, I... I think that we all like the experience of going to a store now, fighting traffic and dealing with a bad associate. I mean, you know, that's never fun, but uh, I drive by Lowe's Home Depot uh, as I go, you know, you know, drive around my wife's, uh, we're gonna have a child in the next 10 days. So if, if you're watching this, I'll probably have an infant uh, in my arms, but uh, we drive around just to get out and Lowe's Home Depot, all of that, I mean, it's packed because people are doing a lot of home projects right now. Uh, I think following this, there's going to be holes in communities. Again, you're going to lose some businesses, unfortunately, and some of them, you know, are due to maybe somebody retiring or maybe a bad business model, or again, maybe as Jen is talking about, they just don't have the capital to stay open because again, you don't build a, a retail business assuming you're going to take eight weeks off from making any money. Um, so I think that every community has just got to take inventory of, hey, who are we as a marketplace? What do we need to, to restore? Do we want to be a culinary hub? Do we want to go all in on that? Do we need a hardware store? Do you know what do we need? List those things out. Look at similar markets to yours and be very honest with yourself about who a similar market is and look at what they have and maybe call on some of their, you know, local entrepreneurs to see if they want to do a, another location or maybe call on, you know, a franchisee who has a location, you know, 15 miles away from your community and, and you'd love to have them in your marketplace. So I think, you know, one, look in the mirror, say, who do we want to be? You know, this is an opportunity, unfortunately, uh, to recreate your marketplace. And I think, you know, doing a little bit of uh, soul searching to figure that out. And then again, look, you can put it, you know, you can write it down, but it's not going to happen if you don't get to work. And that's what we do for our communities, the ones that, you know, have, have that need and want to restore their marketplace and recreate it. They hire us to do that. Uh, but again, it's not something, it's not rocket science, but it does take a lot of work and effort. So you can't just write it down. You got to go do it. All right. Well, thank you all for being with us today. And Jen, we're going to give you the last word since you're a Mississippi State person. Well, thank you. Well, I think the, the last word is just that, you know, we want to give everybody hope. And even though 
Um, we are seeing that there are going to be some small business closures. We do think there are going to be some vacancies. Um, we also think that there is going to be a big commitment within communities um, to get everybody back together, to get everybody back to work safely, as Matt said. Um, and so we're here to help you with that. Um, we definitely want to provide resources to help you understand what this might mean for your community. But more importantly, we're here to help communities understand how to rebuild and how to recover from that. And so we'd love the opportunity to speak with you about that. And uh, Chad, just really appreciate you talking with us today and having you on your show. My email is matt, M-A-T-T, at retailstrategies.com. Just email me and tell me who you are and tell me what you're wondering. Uh, on our website, you can get a free gap analysis. So that's a supply and demand uh, study of your marketplace to show you where dollars are being spent locally and where dollars are leaving your community to go be spent. Um, and then we have a walkability analysis for downtown and main streets, uh, which I'll let Jen talk, talk about. So, I mean, we have some free resources that can tell you a little bit about where you are. And then we're, you know, that's what I do every day is I, I speak with community leaders and members about the potential of their marketplace. I spoke with a small town in Georgia yesterday who said, we really need a grocery store. I looked at it, called her back and said, hey, you got a great downtown. You don't really have an opportunity for grocery, but if you do want to talk about your downtown, then, then we'd love to talk with you about that. So we're honest with people. If we can help you, we're going to tell you that. If we can't help you, we're going to tell you why you shouldn't be focused on it right now and then what you should be focused on. And uh, Chad, that's how, I've, uh, how I interact with you a lot because sometimes they need you guys first, right? They need to get jobs. They need to get more people there first. Sometimes, you know, again, based upon their inventory and assets, they should focus on their downtown and Main Street. It just totally depends, but uh, you can find us online at retailstrategies.com. My email is matt at retailstrategies.com, and I'm always available to, to answer calls and, and to, to discuss. So as we wind down for our communities out there who may be worried about uh, future sales tax collections, get up with Retail Strategies. They can listen to you, understand your market, and build you a customized plan to hopefully keep as much of that retail sales tax turned on as possible. Thank you both for being with us today.